0: Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk.
1: On today's show, we'll speak with Philippe-Alexandre Jacques coordinator and choreographer for the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. We'll be asking him about RWB's Dance Day and his goal to get youth dancing all across Winnipeg.
0: Then we'll learn more about a new sound and light show at Upper Fort Garry that tells Manitoba's history in a brand new way.
1: And the Endow Manitoba 24 hour giving challenge wrapped up last Saturday. The event was in support of Manitoba's 54 community foundations and we'll hear from a few of them about how they're making a difference in their communities.
0: And as always, Noah Ehrenberg will be joining us in studio to talk about this week in citizen journalism through the lens of community news commons.
1: We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Good morning and welcome to River City 360. Robert Ann Nolan here with you this morning and we hope you're having a wonderful Sunday. We've got a fantastic show lined up for you today. We're going to be learning about the Royal Winnipeg Ballet and uh, their Dance Day project. We've got a story about Upper Fort Gary and the brand new, the unveiling of the sound and light show at the heritage wall. That was
0: very cool. You did a, you had a cool video showing kind of the, just a little sneak peek of what happened there on, on Facebook the other day. And I thought it was a pretty cool project for Winnipeg. Like it looked very unique and very, very uh, awesome to see in right in downtown Winnipeg.
1: It really is. I spoke with uh, Dr. Jerry Gray. He's the chair of the board of Friends of Upper Fort Gary. And uh, when we were talking, he's, he's pretty sure that it it'll win an international design award it's a very impressive it's a very impressive wall
0: yeah very cool so we're going to hear from uh, dr jerry gray a little bit later coming up after the break we're going to hear from oh i I hope i say this right philippe alexandre joc is that is that okay that's pretty good okay thank you i mean you did french immersion like you said but uh i do i'm doing my best as the uh as the 30 years speaking only english aside from maybe grade 12 french um, but Philip will be joining us in studio to tell us all about RWB and uh, their plans for Canada's 150th. They're planning on hoping to get all of Canada dancing on, on Dance Day. So it's a, it's going to be a cool conversation and we're going to learn all about RWB. But uh, before we get to that, why not Broadway Ballet to kick things off? Gene Kelly right here on River City 360. <laughs> Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. And we're now joined in studio by a very special guest. We have Philippe Alexandre Jacques, coordinator and choreographer for the Royal Winnipeg Ballet, RWB. Philippe, thanks for joining us. It's nice to be here, thank you. So we wanted to have you in to talk about RWB, talk about um, your plans for 2017, how 2016's been going, uh, what you're planning on doing for Canada's 150th, but before we get into that, let's talk about how this year's been going for you. I understand Dracula just kind of wrapped up maybe last month, it got great reviews, 4.5 stars, um, may- maybe tell me about a little bit about how that show went and, and what your plans are for the rest of 2016.
2: Um. Dracula went very well, yes, and uh, they're now the company is now on tour, cool. uh, going through the U.S. with Dracula and Nutcracker, and Nutcracker will be starting soon, um, in Winnipeg, and it's going to be a really great show. They're adding new characters as well, and um, but for the school, um, things have been going very well as well. the The older students of the school have gone on their own tour. They just left wow. on concert hour ballet series, and they're going through. Uh, Manitoba, uh, ch- doing s- shows in schools for uh, high school age students. Very
0: cool. So, what's what's your history with RWB? How did you get started, and uh, where? What's your path along the along the dance w- in the dance world?
2: Um, I actually am a graduate of the school and of the Aspirant program, and uh, I always loved choreography, and uh, they supported me uh, they, a lot in this aspect. And uh, from there, I was offered some chances to choreograph for the school and uh, now I also choreograph independently but also coordinate for them um, for different uh, projects such as Sharing Dance, Sharing Dance Day and uh, First Steps Choreographic Competition.
0: Very cool! So Sharing Dance and Sharing Dance Day, tell me what what this means, what, what's going to be happening. This is part of Canada's 150th celebration, so what is RWB doing to celebrate Canada's 150th birthday? Well,
2: Sharing Dance uh, is a initiative, it's a, a program that has many initiatives Um, but the main goal of Sharing Dance is to offer accessible quality dance education to all Canadians um, to promote health, physical literacy, and cultural appreciation. Um, Sharing Dance Day is the celebratory day of this and it's also one of the uh, five signature events of Canada's 150th celebrations.
0: So why is it important to make dance accessible and make it sort of more of a universally accepted thing? Why is that important to you?
2: From a personal aspect, uh, if you look at, let's say, sports like soccer or baseball or um, basketball, people, after high school, people can continue playing these sports. We see it as something that you can, can do at an amateur level, a competitive level, or a professional level. When it comes to dance, we have this, this strange mindset that things have to stop after high school. You either have to be a professional or we stop dancing. And um, I think that's personally um, a shame because dance offers not only health uh, aspects, but it also offers a, a appreciation for culture. And it also sh- offers
0: um, coordination and uh, mental aspects as well. All yeah. of the above, it seems like kind of a win-win. and very rarely do you see a dancer that is not in amazing shape too, right? Like dan- dancers have the most ridiculous cardio and the most ridiculous physical abilities out of any f- group that there is in the world, right? Like they're top-tier athletes. Professional dancers, yes, are top-tier athletes, definitely.
2: Um, but uh, with Sharing Dance, we think dance is for everyone, for all ages, for all levels of health. We just think it's a great way to promote health in in a in a very collaborative environment. So, you,
0: so what's gonna be happening exactly? Like how is how is Sharing Dance gonna work out? Like what's the program gonna be?
2: Well, uh, Sharing Dance, uh, many of the initiatives of Sharing Dance are, for example, we're creating classroom resources in partnership with the National Ballet School. Classroom resources that are going to be available online. Um, and it's a full curriculum so that non-dancer teachers could use dance to teach part of their curriculum. Uh, they could get a dance involved in an English course, or if a, a phys ed teacher wants to teach dance, that is also part of the c- something that we offer online. Very cool. And then also here in Winnipeg, for example, Sharing Dance Program, we offer uh, dance full dance uh, education to certain schools around Winnipeg
0: free of charge. That that already have dance programs or they no, can not have for, anything? No,
2: this is we offer around grades three to six, uh, Free a free dance education. So uh, like a full...
0: And you guys are going into the schools yes, to actually facilitate and, these? And we're actually going into okay. the
2: schools to teach these. And it's usually schools where the the students would not
0: maybe have the opportunity to take, partake in dance classes. And what, what, what happens when a kid... Um, takes up dance and that becomes part of their life how what's the sort of a um, change that you see in that young person's life when they when they take dance as one of their disciplines uh,
2: we see motivation we see discipline we see um, an appreciation for the arts um, a, a way to escape um, we see many things and I think yeah it 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 touches people differently as well.
0: Well said. Um, so what's the pl- what, what are you hoping to get out of this whole uh, Canada's 150th thing? What, what is your vision for Winnipeg when it comes to dance after this is all said and done and Canada's had its 150th? Uh,
2: after 150th, we will continue to have this program, Sharing Dance program, and uh, we will continue to have Sharing Dance Day. But uh, this year, Sharing Dance Day is gonna be a big celebratory day uh to celebrate this and uh we will be having it on Thursday June 8th at the U- University of Winnipeg Health and Recplex and um last year we had uh around 450 to 500 participants and this oh. year we want to double that
0: and um so it's We're gonna be schools kind of coordinated all at once, not yeah. all in the same place, yeah. or everyone's coming.
2: Everyone's coming, oh, but cool. it's also community members are also welcome to come. There's gonna be online resources to learn a, a dance that we kind of do in a flash mob setting. Very cool. Um but this is just in Winnipeg. This is on an um th- this is happening in other cities as well. Cool. Um Toronto's been doing it for four years. This is our third year. Um, and then there's a couple, there's about, I think there were six or seven other cities that participated, and we hope to have, again, double that. In every province, we want to have a Sharing Dance Day happening.
0: So just across Canada, everyone's going to be grooving and and
2: dancing it up. Yeah, and, uh, if you want to participate, there's, uh, we offer free community classes to, uh, every week, starting in January till June. Uh, there'll be one class on Tuesdays from 6.30 to 7.30, and, um, it's completely free. We start with just uh, some free movement and learning. Uh, just sort of Dance 101. Yeah, Dance yeah. 101. And then from after that, we go into learning the Sharing Dance Day dance. Cool. And it's, uh, it's going to be really cool. Um, the choreography was made by uh, four different Canadian dancers of very culturally diverse backgrounds and uh and movement and uh we're we're really excited and winnipeg's own eugene buffo was one of those people from the hip-hop community to partake in that
0: very cool so where can people go to find more information about sharing dance day or uh, where can they contact you to find more information about rwb in general
2: uh well you can visit the the website at rwb.org or you can call in at 956-0183 currently there is uh no information posted about sharing dance day next 2017, but that will change very shortly. This is just the first notice we are giving out about this. Perfect.
0: Well, thank you very much for uh, taking
1: the time to tell us about
0: Sharing Dance Day. We really appreciate it. No,
1: thank you for having me. It was great. Thanks very much, Nolan. Coming up after the break, the new sound and light show at Upper Fort Gary launched last week, and we'll speak with Dr. Jerry Gray, the board chair of Friends of Upper Fort Gary, to find out more. But first, we're going to take a quick musical break. And how about there's no business like show business? Here's Rosemary Clooney right here on River City 360.
3: There's no business like show business, like no business I know. Everything about it is appealing, everything the traffic will allow. Nowhere can you get that happy feeling when you are stealing that extra bow. There's no people like show people, they smile when they are low. Even with the turkey that you know will fold, you may be stranded out in the cold. Still, you wouldn't change it for a sack of gold, let's go on with the show. The scenery, the makeup, the props The audience that lifts you when you're down The headache, the heartaches, the back aches, the flops The sheriff who escorts you out of town The opening when your heart beats like a drum The closing when the customers won't come There's no business like show business Like no business I know through the country can be thrilling Standing out in front on opening nights Smiling as you watch the theater filling And as you're billing out there in lights There's no people like show people They smile when they are low Yesterday they told you you would not go far That night you open and live. Next day on your dressing room Dave, behind a star, let's go on with the show. Let's go on with the show.
1: Welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you this morning. Streetlights and traffic are common sights and sounds along Winnipeg's main street. But if you happen to be passing by between Broadway and Point Avenue at just the right time, you might not even notice. That's because the Friends of Upper Fort Garry recently announced the launch of its new sound and light show which sees the 440-foot long heritage wall incorporating over 7,000 LED lights and 18 channels of audio. To find out more about this amazing new feature, I spoke with Dr. Jerry Gray, the board chair of the Friends of Upper Fort Gary.
4: For today's unveiling, we wanted to have a single show that would show the potential of the technology. So what you saw was sound and light coordinated, and today's story, was we chose one which is the the buffalo hunt. So you saw the fires going, the rifles going, the buffalo running, and the sound going along with it.
1: Dr. Gray mentioned that the heritage wall presented many possibilities, including having outdoor stage performances, or having teachers and students program the output of the wall to create new artworks. The intent is for the park to be interactive, and one element of that, the park's free smartphone app, plays a key role in the overall experience.
4: The GPS determines, so it will follow you around the park as you walk around the park, and you hit on a point of interest, and up will pop up, if it's a building, it'll show you a picture of the original building and there'll be some text underneath it that can be read. There's also a link to go to learn more information. And so all, everything you would see in a museum that's on signs of plaques or plaques is on your smartphone or your iPad or whatever.
1: When you arrive at Upper Fort Gary, you really get a sense of history meeting art and technology. Dr. Gray explained that the park's features are symbolic. Some design choices that might seem out of place, or even ones that you might not think twice about, were made intentionally.
4: Nothing on this site is literal, right? Everything is interpretive, but it's all abstract. So even the, the buffalo are abstract. You gotta, you gotta squint, what is, all oh, it's a buffalo. That's kind of neat. And to me, that's part of the fun of coming on the site. And that's where the, the app comes in very handy. So it's all done by surveys, archeological work, and it's all symbolic and very, very accurate.
1: A couple of other examples he pointed out were the blue lights on the wall which symbolized the blueberries the Métis people made Bannock with, and the placements of some of the structures which represented fort walls and gates. The heritage wall was many years in the making and went through a few different design choices before the steel concept was chosen.
4: We knew what we wanted. We wanted to portray the history on the wall. The question then was how to do it. And that's when the artistic side came in, the electronic side, and it all kind of came together. But it took probably two, or three years to get the concept nailed down that we actually could start working on it and uh, something as simple as guys need to drill the holes in the steel for the lights make sure they're in the right spot right i mean we're talking some pretty basic stuff all the way from how do we portray the conflict between the Canadian government and the team and they came here to resurvey the land and that took a lot of time a lot of collaboration a lot of discussion to decide first of all what to put on and secondly how to how to portray it <laughs>
1: The Sound and Light show runs throughout the day, and it's well worth a walk over to learn about Manitoba's history and check out the captivating presentation.
4: Well, I'm always amazed at, I've heard this, seen the this show now about ten times, when you're watching the show and hearing it, the noise in Main Street just disappears. You don't hear a thing. It's still there, All oh, you hear a fire truck or a motorcycle, but short of that, you're focused on the wall and the sound.
1: Thank you very much to Dr. Jerry Gray, board chair of the Friends of Upper Fort Gary, for taking the time to speak with me. The Sound and Light Show at the Upper Fort Gary Heritage Wall, which is on Main Street between Broadway and Assiniboine Avenue, runs several times a day. And if you'd like to learn more, download the free app, or find out when you can catch the Sound and Light Show, be sure to visit upperfortgary.com.
0: thank you, Robert. Coming up after the break, the holiday season is fast approaching. This is our last show in November, so December is going to be kicking off next week, and uh, we've got a question to ask our listeners all about giving. We're going to tell you what that question is after the break, but first, here's the Riley Farley Orchestra with The Music Goes Round and Around, right here on River City 360. (laughs)
5: Not on that horn, not on that horn. Listen, Eddie, I lost my trombone, and I've got to play it on this gadget. Let's see how that gadget works. I blow through here, the music goes down and around, da da ooh ho oh, 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 and comes up here. I push the first valve down, the music goes down and around, da da ooh ho oh, 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 and it comes up here. Then I push the middle valve down, the music goes down around below, below, below. Oh, oh, listen to the jazz come out. I push the other valve down, the music goes down and around, da da, oh, oh, oh and it comes out here, where, here, where. The music goes down and around, da da, oh. oh, oh Uh and it comes out here
0: River City 360, Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. Uh, Like I mentioned before the musical break, it is our last show of November, and that means the holiday season is right around the corner. Uh, For the past two years, I guess, and this will be our third year, uh, throughout the month of December, we have asked Winnipegers, what does giving mean to you? Here's one of the responses we received in our very first year of doing this from Shahina Siddiqui, the Executive Director of the Islamic Social Services Association.
6: My name is Shahina Siddiqui, and I'm the president of the Islamic Social Services Association, and I also volunteer as executive director. Giving to me is literally a responsibility. It's not a favor or a burden. It's something that to me is very natural to being human. In my uh, culture and tradition, we don't talk about giving. It's basically done so that your right hand does not know what your left hand gives how I give. I give of my time. I give of my experience. I give of being there for people who may not have someone to talk to. As a grandmother, I give by standing up for justice, by making sure that I leave behind for my grandchildren a world that is secure, that is compassionate and full of mercy. You know, for us in our faith, even a smile is charity, right? You get the reward of charity. So I look at giving not more for myself because by giving I get richer and I feel more fulfilled. I think it impacts our city immensely. Uh, It grows community. It brings people together. And it feeds into our soul as a city. When we share our resources, when we share our blessings, that we make for a more compassionate society and city. If people are holding back, they need to realize that giving is a privilege.
1: And thank you very much to Shahina Siddiqui of the Islamic Social Services Association for answering our question about giving and what it means to her. And we'd like to ask you, our listeners, the very same question What does giving mean to you? What inspires you to give? And how does it help our city and province? Give us a call on our listener line. Our number is 204 944 9474, extension 360. And leave us your message about what giving means to you. What inspires you to give? And how do you give in the community? Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. Leave us a message. Our listener line is open 24-7. So if you're listening to the podcast or if you'd like to call us just after the show concludes, our line will be open for you. And we'll be playing the answers that we receive throughout the month of December.
0: Coming up after the break, we are going to learn about a few of Manitoba's community foundations and how they're helping their prospective communities grow. But first, here's Max Greger with Dance Medley right here on River City 360. If you're listening to River City 360, Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. So Robert, last week we mentioned the 24 hour giving challenge for Endow Manitoba was taking place on the weekend and it was a great success. As we said, for every $5 raised by different community foundations in Manitoba, the gifts would be stretched an extra dollar up to a total of $2,000 extra So if you made $10,000 in, in gifts, then you'd get an extra two. Uh, the totals are still being tallied, uh, so we're going to have that number for you on next week's show. But in the meantime, we thought it would be nice to, to sort of introduce you to some of the community foundations and the people who who are running them that participated in the 24 hour giving challenge this year and just learn a little bit more about them. A couple weeks ago, we spoke with Heather Unger. She's the chair of the Plum Coulee Foundation. We spoke with Linda McLean, friend of the show and executive director of the Morden Area Foundation. She was actually on River City 360 about a year ago in October. And uh, we spoke with Thor Thorlifson, a fantastic name, board member of the Pemina Manitou Area Foundation. Now, Heather Unger is the chair of the Plum Coulee Foundation. She spoke about the type of people that are often found working at community foundations here in Manitoba. How inspiring is it to sit around with a bunch of people who are trying to make their communities a fabulous place. And they all love where they live or they wouldn't be volunteering and putting in this kind of time and effort to, into their towns, right? And they're very, very proud, loyal people. Thank you, Heather. Plum Cooley had a great year in 2016 with over 13,000 grants made to various organizations in their area. So areas with community foundations are often able to solve problems on a local level that provincial or maybe federal agencies aren't able to reach. Thor Thorlifson reflected on how he and the Pemina Manitou Area Foundation are thankful to be in the position to help their community.
4: First of all, it gives us an opportunity to give to our community. It's good to have that available to us. And then we know that the the community foundation will support projects within the community. We're donating to, to, uh, to a body that will support our own community and it will grant according to the priorities of our community so it's it's all getting involved with the uh with the good things we're doing rather than just uh giving basically giving the uh giving the problem away to somebody else
0: the pemina manitou area foundation covers not only the pemina manitou region but also areas around darlingford and la riviere respectively so we've mentioned this stat on the program before, but there are 191 community foundations in Canada, and Manitoba has 54 of them. So the collaboration between foundations and, and the sense of community within the foundations themselves is something to, that's very special to our province. Linda McLean, the executive director of Morden Area Foundation, reflected on how she was able to sort of receive guidance from another Manitoba foundation earlier this year when trying to educate her board members on the importance of impactful grants.
7: We've got a whole new board, pretty much a whole new board. Out of nine members, we have five new board members. And uh, some of the seasoned members were saying how some of the grants that we'd been having weren't really that exciting. So then we, um, we... to teach these new board members what to do or how to get on board quickly with what goes on in boards I started inviting other community foundations to us to come and speak and even the founding members of our own foundation I got them to come and speak and um, They all spoke of impact and it was Brandon in particular that came and spoke with us because they too made the switch because they were getting a bunch of little applications that were neither here nor there and they started uh, just saying no. And just going out and searching things, and we're finding much more substantial, meaningful grants. And so we kind of took that lead, and we've been starting to follow the same thing, and we have been, it's been wonderful.
0: Since the inception of the Mordenary Foundation in 1993, more than $700,000 has been distributed to support projects in the Morden area, uh, covering areas of community service, education, health, recreation and sport, and arts and culture. Thank you very much to all of the community foundations in Manitoba um, for speaking to us earlier this month. For more information about these or any foundations that are here in Manitoba or all of Canada, visit communityfoundations.ca or you can visit the Endow Manitoba website to, to read more about these specific uh, communities at endowmanitoba.ca.
1: Thanks very much, Nolan, and be sure to tune in next week for the results from the Endow Manitoba 24-Hour Giving Challenge. The CEO of the Winnipeg Foundation, Rick Frost, will join us in studio to discuss the 24-Hour Giving Challenge and the results, so be sure to tune in next week for that. Coming up after the break, Noah Ehrenberg will be joining us here in studio to discuss the latest from Citizen Reporters through the lens of Community News Commons' Winnipeg Citizen Journalism website. But before we get to the latest updates from CNC, here's I Had the Craziest Dream by Paul Grosny, right here on River City 360.
0: Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert still with you here this morning and we're now joined in studio as we are almost every week by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons and the best damn journalist Winnipeg's ever seen.
8: Oh, now for sure I'm buying coffees. Hey, that's it. Oh my goodness. That's fair. How are you today? <laughs> I'm great. It's great to be here. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you. Awesome.
0: So every time you, you come into the studio, we get to talk about Winnipeg through a bit of a special lens. It's through the lens of, of citizen journalists. Yes. And uh, maybe for our listeners who are first time listening you can tell them what cnc is and what it kind of does
8: well it is a citizen journalism project of the winnipeg foundation that essentially uh, brings together hundreds of citizens in winnipeg and surrounding area and uh, we provide the opportunity for them to tell multimedia stories from their neighborhoods that we publish on community and so i help them uh basically uh, figure out what the story is, how to tell the story, and then uh, we publish them on the website. We also do training, which we just wrapped up this past week. We do training every uh, uh, spring and fall, and we had an amazing training session this past fall. It was just so, uh, it was really just one of the best uh, training sessions we've ever had. Great, and um, and there's a lot of people out there that want to tell stories, and they just need a little bit of help uh, in terms of how to do it and uh, and the best way to tell them.
0: Especially in today's world, where everything kind of, you know, there's video, there's audio, there's mm-hmm. podcasting out there, there's radio, also sort of photos, and and CNC is a great way to train the average Joe on how to tell stories in today's modern sort of media world.
8: Yeah, and there's also a real, you know, Im, uh, importance to local media and mm-hmm. local coverage of uh, different stories. And I think that there's a, you know, in some ways, um, there's not as much as we used to have, uh, not as much local media. We have a lot of media out there, but most of it is kind of on the Internet, um, you know, about things that aren't really that relevant or, right. you know, or have that much um, meaning to us. And so I think it's a it's a great thing for us to be able to uh, grow a really a truly public uh, media system like Community News Commons.
0: Absolutely. So give me an example of some of the stories that have been published or are going to be published on CNC this or last week.
8: Well, uh, one of the stories I really uh, enjoyed was about a, um, uh, back in 2015, Winnipeg Public Service uh, recommended that um, the, the City of Winnipeg Explorer, the opportunity to improve food production and uh, food security in Winnipeg by creating something like a food council so that would essentially enhance Uh, people's access to local food that was affordable Hmm. and is healthy so you know we're talking about things from you know fresh food markets to urban gardening to beekeeping basically our community here in Winnipeg is wanting access to uh, good food that is local and affordable so this is a a story uh, that uh, came in uh, about that and uh, we published it.
0: I think that's a very topical kind of a conversation that's happening right now. There's a lot of documentaries going out there about food waste and healthy food. And it's really hopefully becoming to be top of mind because it's a really important component of people's well-being is eating well and being able to afford to eat well.
8: Yeah, just another example of something that's of real importance to people in our community. And, you know, we can tell stories about it on communitynewscommons.org. Great.
0: So what else is happening on CNC? Well,
8: I really like the story about uh, Wrench, which, of course, is that uh, local charity. Um, Wrench stands for Winnipeg Repair Education and Cycling Hub. And essentially what uh, Wrench does is they take uh, old bikes uh, or they'll build new bikes. Uh, from scratch, and uh, they'll have different bike bazaars, different uh, occasions where people from the community can come together, and um, uh, kids and other people within the neighborhood can essentially help make a bike, uh, build a bike on their own. So they're you know building capacity of a young person to to uh, build a bike or to fix a bike, and they're giving bikes to kids who really can't afford them. And uh, um, this story uh, happens to do with newcomers, new Canadians, and um, and sort of what happens when a Somebody who is uh, new to the country, new to the city, um, is able to build their own bike and then ride their own yeah. bike. It's what? a newfound sense of freedom. It's a tremendous opportunity uh, for children, especially children who are coming from other countries to explore their new city and to have this uh, new sou- newfound sense of freedom.
0: Well, oh, freedom and accomplishment too. You know, that's not, oh, yeah. a, I don't it's, think I could sit down and build a bike
8: or repair it, a bike. So it's pretty cool. For sure. And and people uh, have a lot of great things to say about Wrench. And it's just such a great uh, idea, such a great local charity. And uh, we're really happy to feature it on communitynewscommons.org. Great. Mm-hmm. And the
0: third story you brought for us is pretty interesting. I thought it was uh, quite a unique perspective. Uh, Thank you as far as CNC is concerned. So yeah, you about that.
8: Perspective, you can say that for sure. <laughs> it's, um, it, it, you know, it, essentially it has to do with road safety, because if you look at what, I mean, especially with the holiday season coming, uh, we are focused on road safety and focused on uh, impaired driving and preventing impaired driving and telling people just how serious a situation it is. And so um, Susan Hubert wrote a story about a, a table at the University of Winnipeg that was on display uh, not too long ago, uh, where they had these goggles that offered um, the viewer the opportunity to put them on and then to experience what it was like to uh, be intoxicated. I remember
0: that in high school, actually putting those on, teaching us like, do not, you can't do anything. Exactly. you know and it, it sort of it makes it tricks your mind into th- or feeling what it would be like to be intoxicated so it's sort of a lesson that's like do not get behind the wheel when after you a couple drinks
8: exactly and there's there's three different pair of goggles each one uh you know uh, mimicking a, a an, another uh, level of blood alcohol uh in your blood and um and there's some video on there of uh julian cooper another cnc reporter who tries the goggles on and tries to walk a straight line <laughs> and it's uh, it's pretty funny but uh, you know it's not a funny subject right. uh except it's Something that uh, we should all be aware of, and uh, very serious uh, to uh, not be driving intoxicated um, during the holiday season or any time. Of For year. sure,
0: definitely, that's a good message to to put forth at this time of year. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, no, at the end of our time together. Um I've always asked you to bring in a song that maybe our listeners haven't heard before. I 93.7 CJ is the nostalgia radio station, but I want to also shine a light on the talent here in Manitoba and Winnipeg because, uh, it's quite the hotbed for local talent. So tell me what have you brought this week for our listeners to uh, experience?
8: Well, this week, uh, I, you can certainly use the word talented for this uh, musician. Steve Bell is, mm-hmm. um, uh, he's just released his latest album and the name of the album is where the good way lies. And, um, He is a two-time Juno Award-winning singer-songwriter. This is his 20th album. Wow. (laughs) So
0: Steve... He knows what he's doing by now, you could argue.
8: And he just... um, He's gone on tour with this. He just had a concert last night at Grant Memorial Baptist Church um, to um, release this album. And... And the lyrics were initially inspired by a hand-stitched quilt designed and created by Métis elder Ruby, P- Ruby Payette of Lac de Bonnet oh, cool. um, that memorializes the seven sacred teachings of Indigenous wisdom. Uh, the song was co-produced by Vince Fontaine, who is of Eagle and Hawk fame and um, and Indian City, and it features award-winning rapper Fresh I.E. Uh, and a traditional song written and performed by Coco Ray Stevenson. So uh, it's a real pleasure to, uh, to have um, Steve... So it's a real pleasure to feature Steve Bell's new album and uh, the song from that album. Uh, it's called Where the Good Way Lies from the album of the same name. You're listening to River City 360 on 93.7 CJNU.
6: Set.
7: Seven Sacred Teachings to Live.
5: Seven sacred days creation took So the ancient stories tell All was done, the author called it good And it was
9: good, so long
5: So e
8: of sage, dancing the lights in the note, chanting a warrior's cry, courage to walk in the night, seven fires burn, seven teachings live, courage to open the eyes, humility dust of the
9: earth, honesty, personal ties, truth, purifying the search, respect, never saying goodbye, wisdom, understanding your worth, love is creator of all
8: things perfection,
0: thank you so much for listening to river city 360 today we've got one more song before we send you on your way to enjoy your sunday afternoon so how about the everly brothers with you know it's it's been raining quite a bit the snow's not quite here yet so how about crying in the rain by the everly brothers right here on river city 360
9: Oh Crying in-
0: That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for listening and a huge thank you to all of our guests and everyone who spoke with us today.
1: If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, please visit us online. Our address is rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org.
0: River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM.
1: And our listener line is always open 24-7 if you have any feedback about the program, if you'd like to request a song, suggest a topic for a future program, or if you'd like to answer our question for the month of December, which is what does giving mean to you? How does giving impact our city and province? Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Our number is 204 944 9474 extension 360.
0: We're also on Twitter and Facebook by searching at River City 360 on Twitter. And you can search River City 360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for River City 360.
1: And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great Sunday.